Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Man, what a weekend it was. I had one of those like sort of Griswold family style road trips over the weekend. This is one of those things that I just kind of like doing with my kids from time to time. So we drive from our home in suburban Atlanta, like to Washington, D.C. Went to the Nationals game there that night. Record low temperatures, by the way. It's freezing cold all weekend long in D.C. We go up to Baltimore. We come back uh, home. Stop by the NASCAR Hall of Fame. By the way, that was a ton of fun. For those of you going to Charlotte for uh, the Georgia Clemson game later on in September, a ton of fun. So this huge weekend, and obviously so meaningful to be in Washington, D.C. on the weekend of Memorial Day, because when you think about the, you know, the full weight of what it is that we celebrate or what it is that we honor and observe on this weekend, obviously be surrounded by those you know monuments to, to america's you know history and freedom and everything you know associated with that makes the weekend itself more meaningful but it's also fun too chance for us to get away and then on top of all of that as we're kind of traveling around doing all this stuff you have like this explosion of rumors about georgia and the transfer portal and it's kind of funny we're at the nationals game on friday so before it's freezing cold um son huge baseball fan he's shivering trying to pretend like that he's enjoying the game even though it was obviously cold enough that he was ready to go home my daughter would have you know just you know turned her nose up the whole thing she was absolutely ready to get out of there but in addition while all that's going on i'm also kind of following everything that's being said and talked about up the possibility that yes georgia might truly be in the mix potentially add you know former lsu tight end we'll call him former potentially as i guess now he's still you know someone in the most recently yeah that's the best way to say it most recently of, of lsu uh red gilbert we've already talked a lot last week about darian kendrick the possibility of the former clemson cornerback is on his way here to the university of georgia so you're trying to you know kind of keep up with all of this obviously the transfer portal is going to be a big big deal here over the course of the next few days and i don't think anything kind of sums this up anything better than what i saw i saw this this morning i guess maybe the tweet came yesterday uh, Georgia tight ends coach Todd Hartley tweets out something that reminded me a lot of what Hartley used to tweet in the past. It's a for those of you listening radio podcast, I'll describe it. It's Jordan with the push off on Brian Russell, then the game winning shot in the NBA Finals, and Hartley says on Twitter tomorrow couple and he says goats, and obviously shows Jordan uh, accurately stated as the greatest of all time. There, Hartley references that, and you know you're kind of left to decide, ooh, what does Todd Hartley mean by this? Now there's a very good chance Hartley means, hey, he's got recruits coming in to visit his program you know obviously Pierce Sperlin I think has been confirmed to be there this weekend you've got the potential uh, UGA legacy tight end Lawson Lucky also expected to visit there as well so this very much might be one of those type of tweets from Hartley referencing the future goats in the Georgia tight end room that he's going to be hosting as visitors here this to start this upcoming week and the, the uh, removal of the NCAA dead period but inquiring minds will remember it's this style of tweet remember it was always like the Jordan Pitt and stuff the Kobe Shaq stuff the the tandems of great players together it was always those NBA themed tweets that Hartley used to send out a bunch back when Georgia was simultaneously recruiting uh, uh, Rick Gilbert and Darnell Washington Washington obviously came to UGA as part of that class of 2019 but Hartley was trying to like send this message of hey we want this like dynamic duo of Jordan Pippen 
Kobe Shaq, you know, this great tandem of players playing together. This is what Hartley was pretty famous for doing, you know, back during that class of 2019. There were clearly some Georgia fans who look at the Hartley tweet and say, whoa, is this Hartley, you know, kind of making another reference to a Rick Gilbert? He's used the NBA theme for Gilbert before. Obviously, we don't know that, but clearly it seems like Georgia is potentially poised to not just add Gilbert, uh, but maybe Darian Kendrick there as well. And on top of everything else going on in the program, that is certainly very exciting. Now, let me take a minute to kind of address this. We're going to go through a lot of stuff related to the Gilbert thing here. But there's one thing I feel like I got to go back and do here for a moment. And I really want to make this clear. Because when we bring up a name like a Rick Gilbert, transfer portal, and you know the story here on Gilbert. Hey, at one point in time, is considering coming to Georgia out of high school, chose LSU instead. Gets to LSU, apparently doesn't like it there. Uh, Ed Orgeron says he opted out of last season, but the truth is Gilbert was probably unhappy enough that he just kind of wanted to leave there. And then he goes to Florida. And all after kind of publicly pledging a transfer to Florida, changes his mind on that for whatever reason. And since then, there has been some mystery surrounding where Gilbert would play and what he would do for the upcoming year and that level of mystery just turns some people off and it's just a fact right that level of mystery that level of unknown to some people gets interpreted as unnecessary drama and I believe some people then kind of use that their viewpoint of unnecessary drama to actually kind of blame Gilbert for it saying oh he's cultivating this drama he's trying to make this into some sort of soap opera I think it's really really important for us to say before we say anything else related to this story here this week to start the new week I think it's really important to say that if there's drama surrounding a Rick Gilbert he is not the one that should be blamed for it and in fact I love what what Gilbert's mentor Terrence Edwards the former Georgia wide receiver said when he joined us on the show last Thursday that for the most part a rick gilbert's kind of allergic to all of this he does not participate in the drama he certainly doesn't go on social media trying to you know you know you know sort of drum all this up if, if anything this is one of those young men who probably has less attraction to his own phone than maybe a lot of other people of his same age group do in fact this is what terrence said about that when he joined us on thursday and this is really important to remember as we kind of frame whatever's going to happen with the rick gilbert moving forward Eric is a very quiet and reserved kind of guy. He doesn't really like the spotlight. He's not that type of guy that, you know, with this whole process is trying to seek attention. He's just not that type of guy. I mean, he's a guy who would leave his cell phone at the training facility and just forget it because stuff like that just does not tease to him. He, he's just a quiet, he's very into his family, his mom, and to his friends. He kind of stay away from everyone else if you're not in his inner circle. Uh, doesn't, you know, trust a lot of people, but the people he do trust, he trusts them hard. So, uh, you know, for people who don't know, he's just a quiet, reserved guy just trying to make the best decision for himself and his family. Boy, I think that's really an important overarching opinion to share here at the beginning of the Rick Gilbert conversation. And think about this. For all the drama that's out there, guy reporting this, you know, somebody reporting that, people suggesting this, rumor mill that, almost none of this stuff ever comes from Gilbert himself. He is content to let other people talk about him without doing a whole lot of talking about himself. So if there's drama around Gilbert, it's media creating it. It's not necessarily Gilbert himself. But then beyond that, for those who don't follow recruiting or follow these kinds of stories as closely as others, I think some people might be left to wonder, why is there so much buzz? You you know read a story about Mike Griffith over the weekend at dognation.com, suggesting that it's a possibility. Other reports out there that Gilbert could be coming to UGA. Some people are kind of left to wonder, 
well, what's the big deal here? This is a guy that, you know, almost came to Georgia. Yes, he's a former five-star. Not all former five-stars pan out. Goes to LSU. Had some nice moments for the Tigers when he played there as his freshman season. But but it's not like, you know, he was the you know most dominant player in all the SEC or anything along those lines. And, you know, there's you know been some uncertainty about, you know, what was going on with him this year. Why should we care so much about a Rick Gilbert and where he lands and the possibility that he might land at Georgia? Once again, I'm going to turn to the words here of Terrence Edwards as an important important reminder for why it's a big deal that a Rick Gilbert might come to UGA that UGA could still be in the mix here for his transfer leaving LSU as has uh, been reported this is why this matters once again strong words from Terrence Edwards one thing I can tell you right now Eric is in, in peak condition I mean he's been training this offseason with me and strength and conditioning coach JT and he's in peak shape mind body and soul he's back to the guy that uh, I've known since the ninth grade who I was trained since the ninth grade and he has options did you hear that there Terrence Edwards, who knows a Rick Gilbert as well as anyone could, who's followed him closely and worked with him closely, I should say, for years and years and years, says, oh, he's in peak shape, mind, body, and soul. He is the same as he was when he first kind of burst onto the scene as a young high schooler in terms of the way that Terrence views the guy that he's worked with, developed, and coached. Uh, Rick Gilbert says, no, this is that guy. I recognize the guy that I'm looking at here. And he also says that he has options. Choices to be made. Apparently, Georgia, one of those. What is going on in terms of the likelihood that Gilbert might land at UGA? I think there's some things that have been said in the past that give us a little bit of a potential level of insight. If you read between the lines, I think you might be able to get a little bit of a sense about what might be going on here with the player that clearly has some value and could be a huge part of the final missing pieces for Georgia in a national championship push. But will he end up at UGA? Boy, I think there's some statements that have been made in the past that give us a hint about what might be going on. I'm going to tell you more about that coming up, but first, let me introduce the show. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and we're glad to have you with us no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref, and as a podcast wherever you find them, including the world-famous DogNation.com. Glad to have you with us, and a big thanks to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia for making it all possible. You know, ESOG, fun to do business with because not only have they been longtime friends of ours here on Dog Nation Daily, they're also proud partners of UGA there as well. So they like it when Georgia does well, they're excited about the upcoming season, and they love serving UGA fans. We heard our buddy Jay from ESOG talk about that on the show last week and the service they provide is obviously second to none when it comes to your foundation waterproofing issues two things that can give homeowners a little bit of pause can maybe give you some sleepless nights you could be concerned about that if you feel like you've got those issues going on but engineered solutions of georgia can put your fears to rest because they've got two full-time engineers on staff they're also a solutions-based company that means that when there's a simple fix to be provided they will provide that for you but sometimes it's just more hard work than that right i mean sometimes it's it's one of those things where you really have to have an expert doing the work for you another reason to trust engineered solutions of georgia because i said before they've got those 
engineers on staff. It's in their name. That's the reason why they have that word in there, because they have engineers on staff to help kind of make the structural integrity of your home, kind of put it back together the way that it's supposed to be. So give them a call. Very easy number to remember. Simply call 678-ESOG-NOW. That's 678-ESOG-NOW. That'll get you in touch with Engineered Solutions of Georgia. All right, we're going to get in touch ourselves with Connor Riley here in a moment. A lot to talk about with him today. We'll do that coming up. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse here for today. It's assisted today by AAA. And I want to kind of keep the uh, Rick Gilbert conversation going after what you read at dognation.com over the weekend that, hey, maybe, maybe Georgia is involved in this Rick Gilbert, you know, conversation. Maybe Gilbert could be, you know, potentially transferring here to UGA. A lot of folks are kind of left to wonder what exactly is going on. And I think it's really interesting when I go back and visit the past on this. I'm going to go back to the like the distant past here for a moment. Because I think what you see here when it comes to Gilbert is a player that, and if you're a Georgia fan, you would say this, unfortunately, but a player that maybe over the years has had a little bit of skepticism related to how he would be used if he came to Georgia. This was clearly a guy from the state of Georgia who had some interest in Georgia, but also had some doubts about Georgia. I don't think that you can discount all of that. In fact, I want to play you a couple of clips here from interviews that Gilbert did with Jeff Sintel while he was a recruit. This is before he was committed anywhere. This is obviously before he signed with LSU. This is back when he was still in high school. And there was just some uncertainty in Gilbert's mind. Now think about the 2019 season. That's a pretty lousy year for Georgia offensively. So if you're a offensive recruit, the fact that you had some doubts about Georgia, that would make sense given the way that Georgia was playing back then. We would all kind of acknowledge that. Let me start with this. So Gilbert was at one point in time also considering Clemson. That was a school that was involved in his recruitment. And Jeff Sintel kind of asks Rick Gilbert to kind of make that comparison, Georgia and Clemson. Now, listen to what Gilbert says about how he viewed Clemson in comparison to Georgia. And I think when you listen to these words, it gives you a little bit of insight into why Gilbert didn't choose Georgia the first time around. Here's a Rick Gilbert. Georgia versus Clemson. How do you compare those two schools? I mean, they're somewhat similar, but Clemson... I feel it passes a little bit more. So, I mean, that's the difference between them, I guess. So he says, "I listen, I think that Clemson probably passes the ball a little bit more. And I remember the time there were people kind of getting out the stats to say, well, when it comes to throwing to tight ends, I'm not sure Clemson's doing that, you know, all that much more than Georgia is. But the point here is not what Gilbert necessarily thought about Clemson because he ultimately didn't go there. It's what he didn't think about Georgia. Just this thing of, is Georgia really a passing offense that I want to be a part of? Is this really an offense that's going to get the most out of me? And you hear a little bit of a glimpse of that in Gilbert making that comparison with Clemson, but even in more detail with Jeff Sintel back in 2019 about what Todd Hartley was trying to tell him, what Todd Hartley was trying to you know kind of push on him at the time. And if you listen closely, you can just hear a certain degree of skepticism in Gilbert's voice about whether or not all of that would really be true for him there at UGA. Once again, here's a Rick Gilbert from way back in the past. Coach Hartley, he really likes me and I really like him. Obviously, his history, he brings that up a lot with David Njoku, um, his guys in Miami. So, yeah, that's basically what we talk about. We talk a lot now. I went down there for a visit, and we got to talk, so that was good. We just talked about how he was trying to change Georgia's offense around with the tight ends. Well, not change it around, but just add tight ends into it. So he says, listen, Todd Hartley's been talking to me a lot. Once again, this is back when Gilbert's still in high school saying, we're trying to change this offense. We're going to get tight ends more involved. Hey, look at the guys that I've coached in the past. You can be that guy here. And I don't think he's saying it too strongly to say that as a high school senior, 
Gilbert just didn't believe that. He just didn't buy it. That that of, of course you're going to tell me what I want to hear because you want me to come to my to your school. But I saw what LSU did a year ago, and I feel like I could be a part of that offense. Or I or I, actually at that time it had been in that particular year. He's watching all that unfold. And then when he comes time to transfer, I, I've seen what Florida's done with Kyle Pitts. I'm not sure that Georgia can do all of this, you know, for me. I, I think it's fair to say, based on Gilbert's own words, there's been a pretty heavy level of doubt about whether or not he was a good fit at Georgia. But simultaneous to all of that, it certainly sounds like Georgia never stopped recruiting, never stopped working, never stopped trying to convince Gilbert that things now were going to be different for UGA's offense. That was the kind of place that playmakers were going to flourish and playmakers in particular like Gilbert have a chance to do that. Of course, when you see the success that Darnell Washington has a freshman at UGA, especially late in the season, certainly there's some evidence to point to on that. In fact, many people remember after the Missouri game when Darnell Washington had a little bit of a breakout performance and Kirby Smart was asked about that. Listen to the way that Smart pivoted. Listen to the way that Smart kind of used that as an opportunity to you call it subtweeting a Rick Gilbert if you want to or, or just flat out, obviously you can't mention Gilbert by name, but a lot of folks took this as, Wow, this seems like a pretty public pitch to Gilbert, knowing that Gilbert was on his way into the transfer portal, maybe kind of a public example of what had been going on very aggressively, privately, of Georgia saying, we need you, you come here, we're going to use you. Here's an example of that from Kirby Smart going back to December. Coach Munkin really likes using uh, multiple tight end sets. It's done a lot in the NFL. And if you can mismatch people and, you know, have ability to run the ball, but then also flex them out and throw the ball, it's really frustrating. You know, if you go back to that play, the, the corner went over, the safety had to play to Darnell, and he's saying, wait a second now, I got I got, I got a Darnell on a safety, and those guys don't cover for a living. Uh, you know, he made, he made a nice throw. But you can never have enough good tight ends in the SEC because they're big – they're athletic. They can catch the ball. There's so many things they can do. So it's it's one of those things that we want as many as we can get, and we want to get them the ball. If that's what Smart was saying publicly in December, imagine what he was saying privately. Obviously, you can't mention a Rick Gilbert by name in a clip like that, but I don't think you have to be you know, a genius to really decipher what Smart's trying to say there, especially given what was going on with Gilbert there at the time. Question about Darnell Washington. Oh, yeah, we got Washington. We're going to use him. But we want multiple tight ends in the field, which you know Gilbert, I guess, technically would still be considered a tight end. We want multiple guys like them in the field because of the mismatches they create. Uh, we can never have enough. We're going to try to keep bringing them in. By the way, going along with guys like John Fitzpatrick and and, and Brock Bowers and you know other tight ends in the program are also you know really good there as well. At least have the certainly the potential of being. We can never have enough. We're going to bring them in. We're going to use them. That's fairly obviously in my mind a very public mention of what Smart would like to do if a Rick Gilbert could be you know convinced to come to UGA there as well. But. That's not even the most interesting thing that Smart has said in the last couple of months when it comes to the possibility of, you know, potentially adding a guy like a Rick Gilbert. Do you remember when Smart goes on 680 The Fan? That's a sports radio station in Atlanta. And he was asked about, hey, you guys going to use the transfer portal and, you know, you're going to add players, things like that. And Smart gave kind of a long answer. And in the midst of this long answer, kind of took lots of twists and turns. But there was one thing in particular that Smart said about the transfer portal and guys leaving one school to go to another 
that in light of what's now going on with Rick Gilbert, seems fairly obvious that Smart was trying to drop a hint to us a couple of months ago on Atlanta radio station. This is a very, very important part, uh, I believe, of what's been going on behind the scenes with Rick Gilbert. Let me give you Smart here in his own words. Well, we're always actively looking. You know, as soon as a uh, kid pops in, kid jumps in from a different place, we're always looking and, and, and investigating guys. And, you know, we're really slow to uh, to jump on something like that because for us, we got to know that kid's going to be able to play right away and he's got to be able to help us and uh, and use it that way. So, you know, we'll, we'll look to see. We, we, I, I think at the end of some spring practices, you'll see some more movement in there when guys are coming out of spring to, to kind of see where they are on depth charts. And there'll be another uh, movement of guys and we'll be looking to, to get some guys. But we're also always looking at high school guys. You know, there's, there's two or three scenarios that are out there that people aren't thinking outside the box that it'll be interesting to see if those play out. If you look back last year uh, at this time and said, okay, if a kid was not signed, how did they end up at a place? You know, there's been reclassifications. There's been kids that announced where they're going out of the portal that they're not actually signed. You know, you don't actually sign until you enroll. So there's a lot of wiggle room left for a lot of these kids, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. So the key takeaway there is Smart says near the end of that clip, hey, there are two or three scenarios that maybe are outside the box that people aren't thinking enough about. And one in particular that he brings up is, you know, you're not actually signed at a place until you enroll at that school. That you can commit to somewhere out of the portal, but that doesn't mean anything else. That doesn't mean anything to you actually show up at that school. And pretty clearly, based on the way that Gilbert had pledged Florida, but not ultimately arrived there in Gainesville, it's not too difficult to connect the dots to say, ooh, maybe that was a reference to a Rick Gilbert. We don't know that for sure. You know, obviously, Smart's not going to fully reveal all of that. But contextually, it would certainly seem to make some sense. Now, I've gone a little bit long on this, so let me kind of wrap all of this up. Let's say it does play out this way. Let's say that a Rick Gilbert, skeptical of Georgia's offense over the course of multiple years, is finally convinced this is the place that he needs to be. And he made that decision after initially announcing a transfer to Florida, but Georgia still didn't stop recruiting him even after that, and eventually won that battle over Florida to bring Gilbert in here. And then on top of that, you have the potential of also adding a former all-ACC cornerback like Darian Kendrick from Clemson, who, by the way, will play against his old team in the first game of the upcoming season. Let me just wrap all this up this way. There's already a lot of Georgia hatred out, out there. You know, fans who cheer for a different school find a lot of reasons not to like Georgia, and it's generally related to the aggressive recruiting tactics that UGA employs. If you think it's already bad now, wait till you see the things that message board guy says about Georgia once Georgia goes scorched earth this summer before the start of the upcoming season, bringing in gigantic playmakers left and right. Folks, the level of vitriol and, and, and just fire-breathing hatred that's about to come UGA's way from Florida fans and maybe Clemson fans, maybe even you know Alabama fans who are obviously watching you know Kirby Smart kind of you know get his legs underneath him here a little bit as he moves into his sixth year as coach, it's about to be unlike anything uh, we've ever seen before. Now, it's obviously a chance that maybe maybe Gilbert doesn't come to Georgia. You know, maybe he goes somewhere else. Maybe maybe the 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 push to bring him here ultimately kind of falls. Uh, you know, unrequited here, and, and Gilbert makes a different decision. You've got to be obviously open to all possibilities. 
But it was certainly an interesting weekend watching these rumors and reports start to take shape. And when you go back and look at the past, you see a little bit of evidence about, hey, what maybe all of this might be about. These are certainly interesting times. Dead period ends, players showing back up for summer workouts. And when they do, you could see a couple familiar faces that played last year at other big time places who will also show up there as well. All right, it's Around the Doghouse. It's assisted today by our friends at AAA. You know them for legendary roadside assistance, but let me get you thinking about them when it comes to auto insurance there as well. Because when you switch and save with AAA, those who do save on average $529. That's a huge savings and a, and a, a great thing. So please check them out online, AAA.com. That's AAA, AAA.com slash auto insurance, and you can find out more about that today all right there's a lot more speaking of more to do related to all of this recruiting summer workouts everything else what a fun time to be a georgia football fan we're gonna get to it all right now let's talk to connor riley do a kroger fresh take with him from athens and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a dognation.com insider and a guy who's been all over the uh, news over the course of the last couple of days and will be all over it in the uh, days to come. As I said before, our, our, our buddy Connor Riley as a part of a Kroger fresh take here today. And boy, Connor, I think this is really interesting. Whether you think about the potential of a Darian Kendrick, who we talked a lot about last week, or someone like a Rick Gilbert, who kind of emerged as more of a possibility near the end of last week and then dominated a lot of the online chatter amongst UGA fans over the weekend. What a fascinating time here ahead of what we can confirm and know that players are coming back for workouts and uh, recruiting is going on. But obviously, this transfer portal stuff on top of that is is really pretty spicy right now. At what point this weekend did you go full Vince McMahon gif and just fly back out of your chair? Was it Sunday night? Yeah, I I think probably so. I mean, listen, I'm I'm clearly excited about this. I think that Gilbert is a big time player. I, I can't certainly say for sure that he's coming here but really for me like I said I was at the Nationals game Friday night it's freezing cold they're playing the Brewers it was just it was it was it was really not a comfortable experience I have to admit that but we still had a good time but as all this is going on you start seeing all this you know the phone stuff flying around texts and posts and social media and this that and the other just the idea that you just got to be in the – we said this on Friday before we left. You just got to be in the mix for it. If you put yourself in the mix for it, then something good can happen. And I think just to follow all of this over the course of the weekend while I was out of town, to see that Georgia is just kind of in the mix for all of this, I, 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 I take that as a good thing. Yeah. Uh, it You know, Kirby Smart, to his credit, I think he adapted a lot last year on the field in terms of adjusting how he views this game and how he realizes Georgia specifically needs to win in the modern day of college football. And – in the last, I would say, four or five months, he's pretty radically adjusted how he views the transfer portal because, you know, obviously Darian Kendrick, I think, fills a need. But unless you're telling me that Arik Gilbert is going to play the X and he's going to play that outside wide receiver position for you, he necessarily doesn't fill that need. But on the other hand, like he's just such a rarefied talent that that goes sort of into the recruiting threshold or thinking of, hey, this guy's talented. Let's go out there and bring him in. And it's something either, you know, and you've seen Alabama do this with Henry Toa Toa and Jamison Williams. It's either, yeah, it might be nice to say, yeah, we want to go and recruit high school kids and develop high school recruits. But if Alabama's taking transfer kids and Georgia's taking transfer kids, you, it better be time to get on board and say, hey, we got to go out there and get as many big fish as we can. Yeah, completely agree that you can decide what you want to be in. There's a very small number of teams who are truly competing for national championships. But if you want to be in that group, 
then you have to do what they do, yep. which is look to add as many elite players as you can. Now, if you want to go kind of play at the, at the level below that and be about bowl games and hope both teams have fun and, you know, kind of all the stuff, you know, associated with that, then you can then you can be less aggressive on the recruiting trail and in the transfer portal and just kind of be happy going to the Florida Bowl game and, mm-hmm. you know, get a good education and all that kind of stuff, which is not to say that any of that's bad. But if you – there is a cost for doing business if you want to play yep. at the national championship level and looking to add best player available type recruits and best player available type transfers is the cost of doing that business. Right. This is just the price of admission to getting mm-hmm. into the party. And part of me wonders with all this, how does Dan Mullen feel right now if Georgia gets Kendrick and they get Gilbert – because one of the things talking about Mullen, oh, he's great in the transfer portal. Well, if Kirby's going to do great in the transfer portal and he's still going to do great recruiting, where exactly does that leave our favorite Florida head coach? Oh, yeah, listen, I mean, I think there's so much to unpack here with Florida. As I said before, just right before you joined us, the level of anger that's about to come from Florida, if Eric Gilbert went to Florida, you know, said he was transferring to Florida, changed his mind, ended up going to Georgia, the level of anger that's coming from Florida fans to Mullen for why didn't you get this guy? Yeah. Just kind of just the sort of general nature of the fact that Georgia, with as talented as the roster is, still didn't choose to stay in Pat and went to go, you know, be, you know, more aggressive in all of this. I, I think the the level of anger that's about to come from Gainesville is going to be a sight to behold. It's yeah. going to be for those of us who kind of revel in the fact that if your rivals mad at you, you must be doing something right. Well, Georgia, I believe, if this goes down, the evidence that you need that Georgia has done something really right is how mad that Florida is going to be. About. I'm going to use another sport here, but one of the things that's really impressed me about Trey Young in recent weeks is how comfortable he's been being the villain and yeah. absolute. You know, he mm-hmm. might be the most hated, second most hated person in New York behind Bill De Blasio right now. Georgia's going to be comfortable, very comfortable, wearing the black hat, being the villain, being the anti-hero in college football because at the end of the day, Alabama is still the chief target, the chief villain, the chief big bad, so to speak. But And while Georgia's not exactly your sterling knight in shining armor, they're going to have to start doing some things. And, they, and we've seen that they are if they go out and land a Gilbert and they land a Kendrick to be sort of that anti-hero, Tony Soprano, Walter White kind of figure in college football. And here's the other thing is, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's just too deep in the weeds, but you know, there's these questions that hang over Gilbert. And mm. I believe in some cases they hang over Gilbert unfairly. And you know, let's just be honest, some of this is related to academics. And I mean, the only like, reporting that's gone on on this has come from Gainesville which would lead you to believe maybe those sources you know came from Florida I hope recruits are noticing that part mm-hmm. of this. I I hope recruits are paying attention to now listen we have we've said this about Georgia there as well when certain player transfers out of, of certain athletic program around this university and there's this like spin after the fact we've said before we don't like that yeah. we, don't, we, we don't we don't like that kind of stuff we don't like throwing players under the bus I just hope recruits are paying attention to what was said outside of Gainesville when Gilbert chose not to come there. Yep. And boy, there's going to be a, there's going to be some need for some fact checking after the fact on some of that related to what may have gone on when uh, Gilbert announced he was not going to Florida. With regards to Gilbert's academics, and I feel comfortable saying this. Georgia would not be pursuing him if they did not think that they could get him eligible. And there's been some questions in years past about guys. I remember George Pickens in particular. It was like, well, is he going to qualify to be at Georgia? That was never an issue. And so I think if Georgia is going all in on Arik Gilbert, and Georgia, mind you, is not the only team trying to go all in on, on Gilbert. It is LSU. It is Tennessee, to our knowledge, right now as well. So the academic questions, while they will certainly need to be cleared up, 
if Georgia did not believe that they were going to have Arik Gilbert eligible and ready to play for this 2021 season, I don't believe that they would be out here pursuing him as vigorously as they are. Yeah, I don't want to explore semantics too much, but the clip that I played from Terrence Edwards, the former Georgia wide receiver who obviously is a mentor to Gilbert, when he was on the show last Thursday, said he said it multiple times over the course of his interview, Gilbert has options right now. He has options right now. Options generally would be related to your, you know, your 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 eligibility. So I, I just think I, I think you I, I just think that there's a lot that's been potentially said about him that you just got to be really, really careful about because maybe some of the people who were saying it had a motive for why they were saying it. Exactly. I mean, Florida has, I think, a very clear reason to try and cover it. Or not cover its tracks, but to cover its bases and say, hey, like we tried to bring this guy in. Didn't work out. Here's potentially why that's the case. Yeah. When I think they knew back then that, hey, this guy could come back to haunt us, either going back to LSU or possibly going to Georgia or Tennessee, programs that Florida is going to play in 2021. Anything you want to add on, Darian Kendrick, before we kind of change the subject on this? It seems like, I mean, we played some audio last week from a interview that Kendrick had done, kind of an obscure podcast interview where, you know, he talked about, hey, I wish I'd have communicated with Dabo Swinney a little bit differently, seemed to enjoy his time at Clemson, seems to want to learn from whatever it is that he's kind of dealt with. It sounds like he's, you know, if you listen to the full hour-long interview that Kendrick recently did, it sounds like he's had some challenges in his hometown, mm-hmm. whether it be his own family, he's got, he's got uh, two children, or whether it be, I don't even know what. Um, but it sounds like, you know, he's had, you know, he's, he's just spent a lot of time, I guess it's Rock Hill where he's from, he spent a lot of time in Rock Hill, uh, kind of, uh, you know, away from the Clemson program, maybe more time than he should have. And, you know, it, it sounds like he has some regrets about that and wants to learn from that. Yeah, I, I think, again, you know, as much as we talk about these guys and as much as we hype them up and discuss them as these all-world athletes, it's worth keeping in mind most of these guys are 20, 21, 22 years old. These guys are still largely kids. And I, I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that these are people too. Uh, you know, you obviously, I think, see that in the NBA right now with some of the fan behavior and fan culture out there. But at the end of the day, these are people, and Darian Kendrick, should be allowed to grow up mm-hmm. and both make mistakes and learn from his mistakes. I think you've been very accurate in saying just because he makes a mistake one time doesn't mean that he should be barred forever from playing college football, getting a chance to play at a higher college level. Yeah. And so because of that, you know, the Kendra stuff, it's been the worst kept secret around Athens for the past week or so now. And you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if there's going to be a big announcement from his personal Twitter feed or if he just sort of shows up, goes about his business quietly. And, and but either way, I, I, you know, I've been saying, I think for a while now and, credit to you for speaking it into existence so to speak i think darian kendrick's gonna be georgia's one of georgia's two starting cornerbacks uh, on september 4th when they play in charlotte against clemson yeah it's kind of funny kendrick's another one of these guys very i guess different than than a lot of the young people we talk about in the show he's just not really active on social nope. media does not post a lot not really all that interested in in that it would seem um so it's kind of funny we're talking about two guys both gilbert and kendrick here who are not crazy active on social media that we may be left to kind of I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be like with some binoculars in the bushes or, or whatever else. But you may be left to kind of go through some of those uh, paces a little bit to kind of figure this out because obviously Georgia's not in the business of hyping up arrivals right. like this. And the players would be free to, but in the case of both Kendrick and Gilbert, that's just not really either of those guys' style. Right. That's just something they're not going to want to do. You know, at least from what I know and what we, we can tell you here, June 11th is a big date to pay attention to. That is when classes for the summer session start, so to speak. Obviously, 
obviously Georgia has guys arriving on campus today for voluntary off-season workouts. But you don't have to be there by June 11th, Correct. Right? No, you can show up later. That is just if you want to be enrolled in classes over the summer and start working towards your degree in that manner. June 11th is sort of the date to know there. But obviously you can show up in July as players have in the past with Georgia. Uh, let me say one more thing about uh, Gilbert here, too, before we uh, change the subject, because you did bring up something a moment ago that I think is kind of interesting, that Okay, so do you view him as a tight end? Do you view him as a wide receiver? And I guess this is one of those things where I've changed my opinion over the course. If you want to go back to what I was saying probably in 2019, I was considering Gilbert uh, a tight end. You know, my belief is is that recruits, for the most part, always want to play the most glamorous version of their position, and yet – in reality, they probably are going to be a little closer to the sort of the typical to the typical benchmark for that position. You know, in other words, you know, defensive backs want to be corners instead of safeties. Offensive linemen want to be tackles instead of interior offensive linemen. That's just going to consider the more glamorous position. And I sort of thought the, thought the same thing with a Rick Gilbert in that. Well, if he's a pass catcher, obviously he'd like to be a wide receiver because that's viewed as more glamorous than tight end. But he's probably a little bit more of a tight end. The point of saying all that is, when you see the success that Pitts has for Florida a year ago, and I'm not saying that Gilbert will be as good as Kyle Pitts, because that's really hard to be able to do, yep. but I'm just not as interested in putting these tight ends in boxes anymore. And I would say the same thing about Darnell Washington there as well, and potentially Brock Bowers, or really any guy in that tight end room for Georgia now, that you know this notion that tight end is this other thing that's way different from wide receiver, I, I, I don't really view it that way anymore, and when I kind of isolate Gilbert's talent you know kind of talent and his skill set profile why couldn't he be one of george's best wide receivers just given the the obvious prodigious talent that he brings to the table so i mentioned earlier that kirby smart in the past has gone on record and says he wants the transfer portal to be a need-based sort of thing for this Mm -hmm. georgia program and that we only want to use it if there's a need on this roster and I, i don't know how you look at tight end right now and the talent they have in that room and call that a need but since gilbert has committed to florida and decommitted to florida what has happened and what need has popped up on Georgia's roster? It's at that X position. Yeah. George Pickens, we don't know his status, it, it, we, and we won't know the status of his rehab probably until August, September, in terms of if he's going to be able to come back and how that ends up looking. So Georgia right now has a need at the X receiver, and I say that you know, I was going through this weekend and just thinking, you know, if, if Gilbert does go to Georgia, I absolutely just believe we should – move him from tight end and i don't say we i mean you know not us but i I think he should move if only i had that kind of power (laughs) to start moving guys around the i i think he should be an x in georgia's offense i think Mm. he's got the physical skill set to do it george pickens was not exact is not exactly a burner now he's an incredible athlete an incredible leaper but i think gilbert has the skill set necessary and terrence edwards has told us this time and time again I, i think gilbert is a guy who you can put outside there and has the quickness and leaping ability to really make the defenses pay and so at the end of the day if you're able to get say a a a package out there where you have jermaine burton kiris jackson darnell washington and 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 arik gilbert out there on the formation whether it be a three by one or even a two by two if you want to I, i think that's something that georgia seriously needs to consider because if there's a way for Georgia to get his best players on the field, and I think Gilbert would be that if he comes to Georgia, you have a field where you have Darnell Washington and Ari Gilbert out there at different points in the field. Good luck defending that. Yeah, I think you're exactly right about that. One more thing on this. You know, on the one hand, I think the sky is the limit for what Gilbert could do, as you just described, mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. You know, I think he would have the potential of, even though he doesn't know the offense, and even though he, he technically isn't even here yet, at least not that we know of. 
I, I think he would still have the potential of being among Georgia's leading receivers, if not Georgia's leading receiver this upcoming year. That's like the high end of possibility. But on the other hand, and it is just kind of fair to point this out to make sure you kind of give the full you know, width of the discussion. Yep. When Demetrius Robertson was a freshman All-American at Cal, he had nearly 800 yards receiving, which would be a huge high water number for most Georgia receivers under Kirby Smart. You know, the idea that, you know, these years later that Robertson hasn't found anywhere near that level of success at Georgia that he found at Cal when he was healthy for that team back in 2016. I would have obviously been shocked to hear that was true, yeah. and I would never would have expected that. I don't know. I'm only bringing this up to say that sometimes what looks to be a sure thing and a given for whatever reason doesn't quite work out that way and so that's also a possibility for Gilbert there as well that it just kind of never falls into place and he ends up you know not making the impact that I think is a possibility for him so you do have two pretty wide you know potential levels of achievement here you know the 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 Robertson comparison I think is one that has to at least be mentioned right and I think you look you know again we don't know if and when Gilbert shows up at campus but Demetrius Robertson was someone who didn't get clearance until into fall camp, and I think that absolutely impacted his first year on campus there. And again, you know, as much as we hype up these guys and talk about these five stars, the reality is a lot of them more more than you think don't end up panning out or don't end up being these superstars that we think they are going to be coming from the recruiting world. And that's why Georgia is sort of, and Alabama had pioneered this, but Georgia has sort of adopted it as well going out and just recruiting as many five stars or as many highly talented guys as you are because you're not going to hit on all of them. And they and Nick Saban understood that, and Kirby Smart understands that as well. So if you have a Gilbert, a Burton, a Roseby Jack Saint, Arian Smith, Darnell Washington, potentially a George Pickens, Dominic Blaylock as well, you don't need all those guys to hit or become real star players for you, but enough of them will if you just allow the natural competition to sort of sort itself out i would obviously bet on gilbert being one who has more chance at succeeding because he brings the physical tools to the table in other words it's one thing to be overwhelmed by the sec because you have a hard time matching the physicality of the other guy you know gilbert just has this body type that you know clearly belongs in the sec there aren't very many athletes period out there like an Arik Gilbert. I want to ask you about recruiting, but let me remind folks, this is our Kroger Fresh Take with Connor Riley here on Dog Nation Daily here today, and we're kind of in the midst of summer right now. Many of you enjoyed the uh, weekend uh, this past weekend. you got more summer plans along the way. Of course, Kroger's got you covered for all that. You can get your new grill there. You can get patio furniture. they got great savings on that. Pool supplies. Uh, all, all kinds of great stuff, those cookouts, things, things like that that you're doing, all the ingredients for that. You can find all of that at your local Kroger. Just stop by and see them today or stop by Kroger.com there as well and learn about all the great things that Kroger has going on as we head towards the summer. So there's a lot of fun for George recruiting right now there as well. A lot of folks, what is he, Tyree West and uh, Big Bear Alexander kind of coming in and you know, you just run through all the names. Pierce Sperling, there's like a million names that have kind of been on social media saying, hey, I'm going to be in Athens, ready to be there right when the doors open up for the opening up of this, the ending of this dead period. And it's just kind of fun to see this all again. I'm happy to have this news kind of erupting all around us on social media. I know it'll be busy for Jeff Sintel as he covers it all, our Dog Nation recruiting insider. But beyond that, Connor, what do you think it means? I think this is going to be one of the busiest offseason months in the history of college football. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many commitments we see straight away from this month. I don't I don't you know if the number is more than 2, I'd be pretty surprised. But I think this this month in particular is going to have a massive impact come February 2022 or I guess December 2021 when these guys do end up signing because right now if you've got guys taking their official visits now and making it clear where they're going to end up going, 
that lets teams know where they are in recruitments with prospective athletes. And from there, they're going to be able to adjust and move their boards to say, okay, well, we may not be as high on this guy's list as we thought. Let's go try and target some other guys and pivot quickly there. So it's going to be an incredibly busy weekend. The two dates, obviously today is a big day, but there are two dates in particular. Everyone knows about the, the, the official visit list this weekend. It should be very interesting. There are two dates that I would pay special attention to. June 3rd, and then the weekend of June 18th through the 20th. June 3rd, there are going to be three prospects here. I believe all of them are five stars from the Thompson program in Alabama. That would be five-star Jeremiah Alexander in the 2022 class, Tony Mitchell, a five-star cornerback in the 2023 class, and five-star defensive lineman Peter Woods in the 2023 class. Obviously, pulling those guys from the state of Alabama, more specifically the Alabama program, is going to be difficult, but... It's something Georgia has shown that from time to time they're able to do before, and I'll be interested to see how those visits impact their relationship with Georgia. The other weekend that is the most interesting to me in terms of where Georgia ultimately finishes in the 2021, or I guess 2022 recruiting rankings, is that weekend of the 18th to the 20th when you have the IMG kids, uh, other than Kamari Wilson, who is visiting this weekend, coming to visit. Because if Georgia's going to sign the number one class in the 2022 recruiting cycle, they're going to need to land multiple kids out of IMG Academy. That's guys like Tyler Booker, yeah. guys like Kamari Wilson, Keon Sab, uh, Dalen Everett, uh, Jihad Campbell. They have a ton of talent. They have a lot of guys that are really interested in the Georgia program. And if the Bulldogs are able to win some of those recruiting battles, I think that's going to go a long way in Georgia finishing with potentially number one class in the country. Yeah, I think that's a very good way of looking at all of that. You know, when I, you know, kind of think about, you know, kind of what's going on here, I just think that it's just really fascinating to see the way in which last year for the previous recruiting cycle, obviously Georgia probably signed more in-state guys we're used yep. to seeing them sign. Now, part of that's because of just the incredible level of depth in the state right now, but also that was kind of brought on by necessity because of the absence of visits. Do you see now more room for what you want to call national recruiting or regional recruiting? You mentioned the Alabaster, you know, uh, the, the kids from Thompson High School. You know, is, is there more opportunity for that because you're hosting those visitors in a way that you couldn't have convinced players like that a year ago because you couldn't get them on campus? Or for Alabama a year ago, they probably signed the greatest class that maybe anyone's ever signed. Is there more opportunity for not just Georgia but other schools to kind of recruit against Alabama because all of a sudden now in person you can convince somebody not to go to Tuscaloosa? And does that change the shape of the SEC recruiting here? We saw the ways a year ago in which the uh, pandemic impacted the the 2021 class does the absence of the pandemic now change the complexion of the 2022 class Alabama is still going to have a great recruiting mm-hmm. cast Ohio State is as well but I think there's a chance that these kids are less concentrated in certain schools and obviously that'll impact Georgia as well and their ability to to recruit going forward but you know I look at a program like Florida State right now that they had a midnight event last night 1201 they started hosting kids on campus they're they're the type of program that I think really stands to benefit from this Mm -hmm. where you got a young coach uh you know Ole Miss is another team like this come in see our program meet face to face and really give those programs a leg up that they really couldn't stand on a season ago and obviously with Georgia I don't think you see the wild swings that you have in terms of the 2019 and 2020 classes were more out of state than in state. And then last year, it was so heavily based on in state recruits. I think it's going to be a healthier mix of in state kids and out of state mix and out of state kids going forward for this Georgia class. But getting these visits, I think, is pivotal for guys like Big Bear Alexander to come back and see this campus 
and meet face-to-face with these coaches because these guys have not had the opportunity to do so just yet. Fascinating times. Great stuff. Connor, we'll look forward to reading a lot more from you at dognation.com. Connor's also got his own show tonight on the Dog Nation video channels. Hope you will check that out. And Connor, we'll look forward to speaking to you again here as part of our Kroger Fresh Take on Dog Nation Daily again very soon there as well. Yep, as always, was a pleasure, B.A. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, look, Ultimately, all of this is supposed to be for entertainment. This is fun. Now, for the players, it's a you know livelihood. It's a way of setting themselves up to make a living. And obviously, the coaches, it's their living right now. But all of this exists in the way that it does because it entertains us. And it's just great to have college football and Georgia football in particular being so entertaining right now in this you know kind of portion of the summer looking to see who Georgia's adding looking to see who which recruits Georgia's you know taking visits from and obviously setting the stage for you know Georgia to really put a national championship you know team on the field here for this upcoming fall all of this is just really fun right now and I'm happy to be able to talk to you about all of it let me also give a quick shout out to my friends at Merriweather and Tharp you know Bob Tharp one of the, one of the partners there at Merriweather and Tharp he's loving seeing all of this going on with UGA right now, as Georgia's obviously kind of in the mix for a lot of big news here. And of course, Meriwether and Tharp, also your source for Georgia divorce there as well. That's an important thing. And it's one of those things where like, the outcome for you is gonna be so different depending on do you have an attorney on your side when you go through all of this. You don't want to be kind of left to your own devices or kind of left at the mercy of whatever happens in the courts. You want to kind of help shape your own outcome. That's what a attorney will do for you in a process like this. And no better attorneys to go to bat for you and go to work for you than your source for Georgia Divorce, Meriwether and Tharp. You can find them online, theatlantadivorceteam.com. That's theatlantadivorceteam.com. They'll educate you on the process, but more importantly, they'll roll up their sleeves. They will go to work. They'll fight for you if necessary. They will get it done. TheAtlantaDivorceTeam.com, Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. All right, let me step away here just briefly from kind of all the big news related to recruiting and transfers and everything else. Let me mention a couple of other Georgia stories as it relates to the uh, SEC here for a moment. First of all, congratulations to UGA softball. Big upset, I would say, on the road against Gainesville in the Super I should say in Gainesville against Florida in the Super Regional, but Georgia prevails there. What an amazing uh, performance here. Now moving on to Oklahoma City and the Women's College World Series. This is an incredible, incredible performance and a great thing to be able to see. And I was kind of you know following this a little bit uh, on the weekend many of you have sent messages to me about how excited you were to see georgia not just advance to the women's college world series which is a very big deal but also do so by beating florida in a super regional that is just an incredible thing to be able to see and i gotta tell you softball is one of those sports that maybe a year or so ago i didn't really know much about i'm still not very well educated on the sport really whatsoever but man uh this is a very entertaining thing to watch here kind of a cool you know part of our sporting summer when it comes to college athletics here and to see the uh, dogs doing so well also a great thing to be able to see there as well so congratulations to the lady dogs as they move on to oklahoma city and the uh, women's college world series here after knocking down those lousy stinking gators in gainesville and the super regional we'll have more on that for our golden shoe a little bit later on the news was not as good for georgia baseball who after Winning the first SEC tournament game against LSU and then getting beaten up by Arkansas and then losing the final game to Ole Miss gets excluded from the NCAA tournament. And I guess this is one of those things you see in basketball a lot where there was some what you call bid stealers when you know teams kind of moved up the rankings and end up taking one of those spots away that at one point in time would have gone to Georgia because I actually going into the SEC tournament, 
Georgia by Baseball America and D1 Baseball, some of these sites that cover college baseball pretty closely. They actually had Georgia in the field, but obviously those kind of bracketology college baseball sites had kind of moved Georgia out of the field even before the 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 official field was announced and some of this was related to some of the teams who worked their way in I guess the explanation ends up being Georgia just not enough wins against tournament teams when it comes to their overall record and you know look tough league the SEC I mean I guess I feel like Georgia has a fairly decent case to be included in the field. I think I saw Georgia's RPIs at 41. The top 40 teams in RPI all made the NCAA field. There were teams rated behind Georgia that also made it there as well. But the case against Georgia, I guess, ends up being not enough wins against you know tournament quality competition. And what this really reminds me of is of all like the Georgia sports things. The fact that last year's baseball team that had Cole Wilcox, that had Emerson Hancock, that had all that talent, the fact they had that season taken from them and what could have been an unbelievably magical year for Georgia, the fact that Georgia just comes up a little bit short for making this year's tournament, I think it does kind of remind you of just what Georgia missed out on last year with all the talent they had not making uh, you know not having a chance to have any kind of baseball season whatsoever that's obviously spilled milk now and you got to move on from that but boy that still will always be a disappointing thing for me more reminder of that with Georgia missing out on this year's field for the NCAA tournament and of course the other big news remember here as we talked with Connor a moment ago dead period now ended for uh recruiting they're all over the place not just at georgia <laughs> i like connor's uh, uh uh headline there the dead period is now dead yes the dead period is over it's not here anymore and that's fun if you want to give an idea for just how big it is for georgia they're huge names guys like bear alexander saying athens tomorrow big bear in town no better way to kind of open the door for new recruiting and visits than bring in a gigantic both literally and figuratively gigantic recruit for georgia on hand with bear alexander his magnetic personality will also you know i think be enticing for other recruits there as well so so much going on around uga so much fun and so happy to be able to talk to all of you about it here on dog nation daily presented by esog by the way speaking of the softball team Let's actually make them the subject of our golden shoe. And yes, I know many of you pointed this out before, like the golden shoe kind of toggles back and forth between being a mockery trophy for somebody who does something bad and a actual like admirable trophy for somebody who does something good. And I guess we're sort of comfortable with that. (laughs) We're sort of comfortable with that tension around here. But Jermaine King, who's been a winner of our golden shoe before, is going to take on the prize again today for something that he tweeted obviously talking about how great it was to see yeah he says all right ba this is jermaine on twitter nothing screams gator hater more than our unseated georgia softball team sweeping fourth seeded florida in gains ending the gator season and advancing to the women's college world series jermaine king is so right about that he even includes a beautiful photo of the dog pile celebration for the for the dogs after all that went down great to see that and by the way in football speaking of those lousy stinking gators how about 151 days from right now georgia in jacksonville gonna be florida again we will see you tomorrow dog nation daily presented by engineered solutions of georgia and on the podcast time now for our rs andrews podcast cool down where we'll take your comments here and a lot of this will be kind of in response to some of the rick gilbert stuff that's been out there we'll do some of that via the pages of dognation.com some of you also reaching out to me on twitter there as well our buddy drew paul checking in by the way to say 
that he tried some long drink over the weekend, some cranberry, the uh, long drink cranberry. So, Drew, hope that was good for you. Glad to know that you're enjoying that and taking care of some of our sponsors who help take care of us. I appreciate that. Lucy B. also checking in on Twitter to say that uh, I am on vacation. She said, I know you're probably on vacay, and I am on vacation this past weekend. At least I was. Uh, Lucy says, but the LSU head baseball coach announcing his retirement, Paul Maneri, is his name. <laughs> she says, this I think is really funny. She says, he's been talking for nearly an hour and still going. Is this a record for a postgame for a retirement press conference? She said, emotional at first, but are these announcements usually this long? And I think Lucy asked a really good question about that. And it also kind of reminds me of something that our buddy Connor Riley told me off the air today, which was that he thinks that Paul Maneri timed his retirement announcement to basically get an emotional appeal for LSU making the NCAA tournament. LSU does make the field ahead of Georgia, even though Georgia beat LSU head-to-head in the SEC tournament. And there could have been a little bit of an emotional appeal because of the LSU coach's retirement that allowed that to happen, which I think is a good point by Connor. And I'm glad to see Lucy pointing out how long the retirement press conference was just to, I guess, further accentuate the, the need there for that. Aaron Jerriel also checking in as well. With the uh, Hawks and Knicks series going on right now, the Hawks beating up on the team in orange and blue. Aaron says, as Dog Nation Daily would say, orange and blue are just ugly all the way around. I think that's really good stuff from Aaron there. Uh, Very, very good stuff. Very, very funny from him. A couple other uh, comments. Arnold Santiago weighing in to say, I know you're loving this second win over them lousy, stinking Gators. Go Dogs. Congrats to the softball team moving on to the College World Series. That's really good stuff. Our buddy Jermaine King, who won our Golden Shoe today, also saying that Urban Meyer and Charlie Strong made appearances on AEW Pro Wrestling this week. Of course, that's owned by the son of Shad. Is it Tony Khan? Is that his name? Tony Khan, the son of Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The uh, Most of the AEW stuff right now in this pandemic world, most of their wrestling takes place at Daily Place, which is right next to the the old gator bowl stadium is actually kind of weird leaving the georgia florida game this year aew was having a pay-per-view as as i was exiting jackson of course i was in no good mood but i know some of the the georgia guys were sneaking over there to watch some pro wrestling before before they headed back home so yeah i guess meyer was on aew this week and i didn't know charlie strong was on too but putting in interesting stuff on the way around. On a more serious note, uh, a couple of comments coming in, one including here from Itchy on dognation.com, but the uh, Rick Gilbert thing starting to feel a bit like Zach Evans. And, you know, this is why I started the show the way that I did today, that I think people have a tendency to blame the recruit when recruiting stories become somewhat dramatic. But I hope I did a good job off the top of the show this morning laying out the reasons why I don't think you can say that Rick Gilbert is intentionally trying to create some sort of drama around his recruitment. If anything, you know, he could end the drama by, you know, choosing to say something. He just doesn't speak out very much. This is not somebody who is interested in cultivating all that kind of stuff. And people have a tendency to kind of get turned off by recruits sometimes when there's a lot of attention paid to their recruitment. But it's not like Gilbert's doing some sort of you know prima donna act here. I think you'd have a hard time finding any evidence of anything that Gilbert is specifically doing that would say, well, he's trying to cultivate attention. I would think it appears that he's trying to decide where he wants to go to college. But that's a very different thing than saying he's trying to you know cultivate that extra attention. Uh, Bull uh, Dog sixty eight on the Dog Nation comment section also kind of bringing up the same thing. 
that he's a prima donna, he should probably look elsewhere. I realize that people don't like this kind of stuff sometimes, but once again, I think it's important to be fair to the player. I don't think you've got much much evidence to say that 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 Gilbert's doing anything to be prima donnaish here whatsoever. Now I say that because I'd obviously like to see him come to Georgia, but that's not the only reason that I'm saying that. That's not you know, as, as I said before, you know, the issue for Gilbert is more along the lines of deciding where he wants to go to school, more so than hey, getting people to be all that interested in his recruitment. I don't think Gilbert's done much to fan the flames on that whatsoever. But that kind of you know, continues to kind of roll through in here. Jim Dog 85 also on the pages of DogNation.com saying that I guess with Pickens being hurt, it's changed the calculus for for Gilbert at UGA. Maybe that is true. Maybe there's another opportunity available for him. And I think it's important for Georgia fans to see it the same way. That in the absence of George Pickens, someone like Gilbert could potentially help fill the void that's created because of the George Pickens injury. That this is the kind of potential dynamic playmaker that you could be really glad that you have if he indeed chooses UGA. And any of the drama related to this is not Gilbert trying to drag this out. It may just be Gilbert trying to decide for sure what he exactly wants to do. As Terrence Edwards said on Thursday's show, he's got options and he seems to be sifting through those right now. So good comments today as part of our podcast, Cool Down. Y'all make sure you check out R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com. They'll get your air conditioning tuned back up to factory fresh specs. Great thing to think about this time of year, but if you also have a plumbing or electrical issue, they can help deal with that for you there as well. So check them out online, rsandrews.com. You have a great day. I'll see you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. And we'll look forward to talking to you then, everybody.